Welcome back to the Grey Lounge on day um, between 25 and 30. Is I'm it? I'm, I'm, I'm guessing it's that kind of number. Andy and myself unplugged during this period of time whilst we wait for our live sport to return. Uh, we were initially on the balcony, but the weather here in Qatar now a little too warm for that. Mm. So uh, we're inside in Andy's apartment. Um, and our thanks as ever to those that are on the front line yeah. uh, tending to others caught up in this uh, COVID-19 nightmare. Um, uh, often start with an anniversary. I am dressed accordingly today. Well, it's, it's either Manchester United or Liverpool. I'm guessing Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool, 30 years ago today, 30 years ago today, they were last crowned champions. 30 years. Now, if you'd have said to me 30 years ago, and I, I, truly 30 years ago, and I was just finishing my career, right, that by the time I got to the age I'm at now, Liverpool would not have won another title. Well, funny I enough, wouldn't have believed you. The headline on the article I'm looking at from the Daily Mirror here is, if someone had told me back in 1990, <laughs> you're joking, <laughs> not, that Liverpool would have to wait another 30 years for the title, I would have thought they were crazy. Me too. This no. by Ray Houghton, who was part of that team. Uh, we have a fabulous documentary by the brilliant Matt Critchley following this programme mm. in all be in sports areas today. 30 years of her, it's entitled. And later this evening on HD11, for me and the viewers, we've also got uh, the Kenny Dalgleish movie 30 mm. years now what did i say to you about the newcastle uh, um in, in what respect i said you, what, well i think what you what said what would surprise me is if there was a surprise well you said you felt there was another bidder then uh, back page of the mirror today exclusive uh, the tv mogul who wants to buy newcastle united u.s tycoon's genuine bid ready to go um this is a gentleman by the name of henry Maurice, big fan of the Liverpool owners. Um, he's based in California. He wants to buy uh, Newcastle United. Okay. And his bid has been on the table, it says here, Steve Bates, um, the journalist, for a considerable amount of time, since last year, in fact. So now well, we have well, a genuine bid. Does that mean it's not high enough then? It's a £350 million bid, which is £50 million more than the one that's on the table right now. Although Mike actually is in a period of exclusivity with Amanda Staveley until the end of this month. This is ready to go. That would get an awful lot of people out of a very embarrassing scenario so you, and uh, might yet be the way out. So you're saying that the, 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 the Saudis have got three days to complete it, Just Amanda Staveley's got Just, three days to complete the deal? Exclusivity. Okay. Exclusivity. Um, so, we'll see. Uh, but but that, that doesn't surprise me. Emiliano Martinez. Should I know? Yeah. Is he a player? Yeah. Arsenal? Yeah. Very Back good. training? Uh, turned up yesterday in his ah. Ferrari soft top for training. <laughs> I don't even know this guy. It's like a club car. This is part of the problem that we have when it a comes well, to football do you not, excess. Do you not remember who we were talking to? Uh, Phil Jagielka uh, last week. And Phil said, uh, Lise Mousset, who came in. Lise Mousset. Now, come on. Lise could play him, but you're not telling me he's in the top echelons of football right now, right? And he said he's got an orange Lamborghini yes, he did. that he drives in training with every day. Yes. yes. <laughs> We've talked a lot, an awful lot about um, the excesses. And here we are um, in the EPL, Andy, the Championship Football yeah. Spending Apocalypse. This is um, back page of the mail. Top earner, top earning manager in the championship right now, 878,000 a year. I imagine that's Bielsa. Mm. Doesn't sound a lot, but it is. Uh, top earning fitness coach, 
79,867. A and year? I, a year. No, it must be more and than I, that. More than that? More? Are you mad? So, uh, 79. 79. Average wage is about 18. Is it? 79. Oh, yeah. For a fitness coach. I thought it was more than that. I thought I'd read more than that. Uh, Chief Scouts, 85. Director of football, 195. These figures are completely mad. No wonder football clubs are in trouble. And that's the championship? That's in the championship. Mm. Premier League clubs face a £4 million bill for virus testing kits. I still am of the opinion that if we have virus testing kits available, then they should be used by others, frontline medical staff, rather than footballers. Well, if we have enough, yeah, everyone should benefit, um, particularly frontline. And here's something that I mentioned to you, uh, I think probably in the first week of doing these programmes, and you laughed at me. Uh, here's another consideration that people haven't thought about. Uh, show yellow cards to spitting footballers, urges FIFA boss. A habit that I don't really like to talk about, but it is an issue at the moment. Uh, footballers should be booked if they spit during games, if we get playing again, because it could increase the spread of coronavirus, a FIFA council member has said. And this is Michael Doog, chief medical officer of that committee. Spitting is a major problem when it comes to the return of football, because you leave it on the pitch and it is active with coronavirus if you're a carrier. Do you, do you honestly think, and listen, I'm not defending it, but do you honestly think a footballer goes out on a football pitch and, and says, I'm going to spit during a game? No, but I think no, they don't. If, 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 you, they don't. If, if football returns, Andy, then he has to go out on a football pitch and think, I am not going to spit. Well, he goes out on a football pitch and he says, I'm not going to get sent off. But an awful lot do. He goes out on a football pitch and says, I'm not going to... I'm not going to chop him down if I get a chance, but inevitably he does. There's so many decisions well, then, made on a football pitch. Well, then I would pitch. say to you... No, no, there's so many made on a football pitch without thinking. So a lot of right. it's instinctive. I, and somebody might instinctively just, just turn them because he's got something. He's, he might do it. So I know what you're saying. I get it. I get the problem. If but that it's is the case, really difficult. then we're not ready to go because that is a major issue. Well, we'll never be ready to go then. In, I, your, I, in your world, we'll never be ready to go. No, in my world... No, you won't. This season and the, this... this, this, this Undignified it's rush to get playing again. It's not going to be any better. Richard, it's not going to be any better next season until we get a vaccine. So what you're what you're obviously saying, you're almost saying we can't start playing sport again until we have a vaccine. I am saying right now this unseemly rush to get playing, and the government are encouraging it because, and let's not get too political about this, it will cover the inadequacies of the manner in which in the UK they, they, they've managed this crisis. No, I think it's dangerous, I think it's too soon, and I think the sooner we all realise that and stop trying to get going in an environment that is un unfair on, on, on players to have to expect they'll entertain the rest of us, as Rooney said right at the start of this crisis, as guinea pigs. No, well, it, they're not being the, guinea pigs. the, the time uh, listen, is not right. The Germans are going to start in two weeks' time. Germans have been told to think again. Well, they're still going to start at the moment. I don't know they right? are. They're back training. They As are back a some, some English clubs are back training one player per pitch. How can you have one player per pitch? How can you have social distancing when we start playing? Well, you can't have can one you player, not tackle? player per pitch. It's, if you're it's, it's social distancing, you don't need a pitch to socially distance. Well, you don't need a hundred meters to socially distance per pitch. And it's 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 in. Uh, I see. I see. In, I see, I see footage on my telly every day of people in parks all over the UK jogging past each other, cycling past each other within two meters of each other. Are you comfortable about that? Am I comfortable yeah, about it? I'm not. Well, they're not breaking the law, are they? Well, they're not breaking any laws, but they're breaking... When you think of the people that have lost lives, and you think yeah, of those on the front line yes. trying to save lives... Well, you want I to throw them morally. Up. So what you're saying is lock everybody up I, forever I think and right don't let anybody out the house. What I think right now is not the time. I think it's all too soon. And it's an well, undignified I don't think any, rush I don't think putting lives in danger. to get sport. And if I'm a player, 
I'm not going back. There you go. Oh, that's fine. Cesc you and I Fabregas. disagree a lot about you being a player and me being a player. That's fine. Cesc Fabregas has offered up his entire Monaco salary for four months in a move which will save the club two million. Entire salary. Mm. Well done, Cesc. Not sure everybody else will or... No, I, think, I don't think Cesc will miss that. Uh, Bundesliga's plan to return to action on May the 9th faces more opposition as a German scientist warns that proposed hygiene measures are not sufficient to guarantee safety. Well, I as as I say to you again, they never will be then until there's a vaccine. And if we wait that long, we'll be waiting another 18 months before I think we see we a ball kicked. To give enough time for us to get to know more about this virus. Yeah. Then we play. Uh, what did I say to you about Liverpool's financial problems last week? Yeah, you did. Um, they put off their plans to rebuild the stadium or extend. £60 million scheme put on hold for a year as the Eredivisie could verse a decision to stop playing because furious clubs ramp up a threat of league. Utrecht have, have issued, <laughs> issued proceedings against Oh, look the at this. There's, there's the videos I sent you last night of the steam trains. I love a steam train. <laughs> and the other thing which I was watching last night, here is a game between, on, on my phone here, yeah. I sent it to you because of the individual concern. Here is a game in 1982, I think, at Old Trafford. So Big Ron, I guess, was in charge. Yeah, he was. Between Absolutely was Manchester United and Liverpool. And Graham Sunes is caught playing football just outside the D Back to his in his goal. own half yeah. with Alan Hansen. Now, I recorded this off the television last night and sent it to Graham with a company message. Don't play football there, son. <laughs> which is the way footballers used to be addressed. No matter how good a player you think you are. Sloppy. Yeah, sloppy now, and Frank Stapleton should have scored, but Bruce rescued him. The only reason I say I think Big Ron was in charge is because. Right. Well, I, I think, well, I think I saw a glimpse of Ray Wilkins. Now, Ron didn't like Ray Wilkins. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. And he didn't want to play him. But unfortunately, because Brian Robson kept getting injured, he had to. He even played uh -huh. him in a League Cup final in Brian's jersey on one occasion. He wanted Robbo and Remy Moses, Arnold Muren. Uh -huh. Now, the time came when everybody, a little bit like the second Newcastle bit, everybody could be comfortable with events that were happening because Milan came in for Robbo. And Big Ron said, well, you can't have him, but clever thinking, you can have him if you want. So Ray Wilkins was dispensed with and Ray went to Milan. Uh, Dennis Roach was in the middle of the deal till Ray kicked him out of the room. But th that's the story I've always heard. Now, yes. wouldn't it be nice to be able to check those facts? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it would be lovely to check those facts. So who because better? Big Ron was a big admirer of good footballers. Who better to talk to then ah. than Big Ron? <laughs> <laughs> Come on, big man. Does he speak the truth about Razor? Uh, not, not entirely, no. I mean... I, <laughs> I happen to think Brian Robson was a, a, a better player than Ray Wilkins, and yes. I think I'd be in the majority there. I think most players, Brian Robson was as good a midfield player as we've seen, certainly in England, over the last, well, for me, since sort of the likes of Dave Mackay. Yeah. You know, that's, so, so there, there's not an argument there. Um, in fact, one of our best times were when I played Ray Wilkins, Tucked in behind Brian Robson. I used Brian Robson as a, an attacking player. Uh -huh. You'd have been there when we beat Barcelona. Brian Robson, Remy Moses, and Arnold Muren as a quartet uh, in yeah. the quarterfinal when we beat Barca at Old Trafford. So, unfortunately, it, it, we, go on. Sorry, Ron. And unfortunately, when we played them in the semi final, Juve, um, Robbo was injured, Ray was suspended, and Arnold oh. Muren was injured. Oh. Against the best ever Juve side, I would guess. And we got beat last kick of the second leg by Paolo Rossi oh. on a deflection. 
I don't remember it too well. <laughs> <laughs> On a deflation. And Rossi was just offside. <laughs> In the build-up. <laughs> but is it the case and then it, that, that Milan came for Robbo and you said no, oh, yeah. but you can have him? Yeah. Mil- Milan came for Robbo to start with. That was what started. And I, uh, I said, uh, well, I told them no. Not quite like that, but I told them no. And then... <laughs> and... Then they, they, I said, well, if you, Ray Wilkins would be available. Now, in all fairness to Ray, I just, I've been in talks with Don Howard, Arsenal, just previous, because I wanted one of the Arsenal players. Which one? And the Which most one? they, the most they would go to. Which one was two hundred? Alan Sunderland. Because ah. we need another front player. Okay. Now, the most they would go to was, I think it was two hundred and fifty grand, and they would, they, they, they wouldn't bite at that. All of a sudden, I said to the guy who was representing Milan, well, you know, um, if you wanted Ray, it's going to cost you a million and a half. And they nearly snapped my hand up. <laughs> um, and I thought, well, and I don't forget then, in 82, as you thought, well, a bit later than that, 84, I think it was, um, a million and a half was big, big money. Mm. Mm. Massive money. I mean, it, now you don't get a youth team player for that, but then... Um, it was all. It was getting towards the record stakes. Well, we've got you here, Ron, on that. I'm going to take you back a little bit before because you're talk, we're talking midfield players, silky, talented, quality midfield players. No, we're talking Remy Moses. He was never in that category. No, we're talking Wilkins and we're talking oh, right. Robson. <laughs> no, Ron Atkinson, midfield player, right? <laughs> now, I've known say. you since I was <laughs> 19, right? We've known each other that length of time. And you've, when, we, when I worked with you as a player, when I was your assistant at Villa and you were in your five-a-sides, I always got the impression you were, as a player, a silky Ray Wilkins-type footballer. No chance. And then I found out... No chance. ...the big man's nickname as a player. Go on. The Tank. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, big man. That doesn't conjure up silkiness and a little bit of subtlety. Come on. Some of those, t- some of those tanks were terrific. Really <laughs> to be, to be fair, one of the lads said they called you that because you can't turn. You take too long to turn in the sand. But um, nicknames, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We are going um, back, to, and I think we're all doing the same thing at the moment. I'll tell right? you what. Just on, get back to that, you know, Andy. I'll tell you what. I mean, go ahead. I'm gonna, I'm gonna blow a bit, blow, blow a bit of smoke here. Andy Gray is the best set forward in my book, Aston Villa have had since Pongo Waring. He probably knows more about Pongo Waring than I do because of free walk. Anyway. I, I do know about Pongo Waring. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Pongo Waring. Um, right. What I was going to say was, Andy, how did, how did in those, those years gone by, how did these talented players perform on those mud heaps of pitches they used to no, play. No. I mean, I, can, I get pictures of Archie Gemmell dying through the mud at the baseball game. Yeah, oh yeah. Or, or, or Danny Blansflower even at Tottenham in their W, sort of playing one-twos and all that. And you think, well, people say they're not as good now. They were not as good then as they are now. I think one or two of them might really have produced on uh, the sort oh, yeah. of carpets they play on yeah. these days. Um, Ron, let's but, let's go back to that era at Manchester United. I, I, I was going to say to you, I think yeah. we're all thoroughly enjoying at the moment. Um, f- well, we've all got to find something to do to keep ourselves productive. But drinking in 
the football from a different era. And, and I mean, for me, it's been wonderful. But let's go back to the time you got the job at Manchester United. Dave Sexton won his last seven games of the season previous, sacked. So it's always been a brutal business. You came in, but you weren't first choice, were you? How did you get the job? I've no idea. Um, <laughs> I was. I, we were on tour. I was at West Brom, and um, I tell you, told me first person ever mentioned it. I never even gave it a thought. The first person that ever mentioned it to me, we were at. Uh, would you believe a bar in in Florida, somewhere called Lauderdale, <laughs> with Frank Worthington, and it, oh, Frank yes. Worthington actually came up to me and said. I know the next manager at Man United is. I said, go on, who's that then? He said, you. I said, oh, really? And, and I have to be honest, I'd never, ever been sounded out. I, I had no inclination about it at all. Then I went I went to uh, Paris to watch the uh, when when Liverpool beat Real Madrid, one nothing, the Alan Kennedy goal. And um, I got a phone call from, well, from the Manchester United chairman. Would I meet him on the way home? And I met him at a journalist's house, and uh, it was all done within, I would say, within an hour. Ron, how, how could that have been done so quickly? What I'm thinking is, you had put together at West Brom a sensational football team. I remember, I was in the Midlands at the time, I, and, and you'd put together this fantastic West Brom team. You know, with, with, with Brendan, with Cyril, with Laurie, with, with John Well, Ali Robertson, great players, Willie Johnson, all these kind of fa fabulous football players you had in that team, Len Cantello playing in there. You finished third in the league, you were qualifying for Europe regularly. It, it, was it that easy a decision to dump that and go to United? I think so. I'll tell you what had happened, Andy. The, round about the Christmas time of that year, yeah. I'd sort of, um, our contracts were all up. The, the staff and I went to the chairman and I said uh, chairman you know I, I, the staff are a bit concerned the contracts are up at the end of the season and as you say we were doing quite well can we and I turned down a few other clubs in the meantime I turned out I think Newcastle Sunderland Man City on a couple of occasions and I said look you know can we sort the contracts out he said well leave it with me till the end of the season and at the end of the season I thought well that was what, if, if we'd have signed those contracts at round about the Christmas period, I, I probably wouldn't have left. Um, but, you know, I was, I was on the open market. If Manchester United come knocking on your door, I yeah. don't care who it is. Oh, yeah. It's very, very hard to refuse. And Manchester United knows days, people forget. Um, you just mentioned about Dave winning the last eight games of the season. But they only finished, I think, eighth that season, yeah, winning that's right. the last eight games. Now, I know full well any season, if I'd have won the last eight games, we'd have won everything. <laughs> yeah. You know, no, you're, you're, you're right. Yeah. Um, but, but, I mean, it was your I mentioned, stage. It was taken. Sorry, Ron. What? There's obviously a delay here that we're, we're, we're struggling in touch with. But it, it was your stage. It was meant to be for Ron Atkinson. But just a, something you said there that intrigues me. Whose journalist's house was it that you were in with Louis Edwards, the chairman <laughs> of Manchester United? <laughs> I can't, I can't remember, John. It wasn't Louis Edwards, by the way. It was Martin Edwards. I'm was it Martin Edwards? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Martin I was going to say. Yeah. 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 Um, and the journalist was? I can't mention, I dare mention John Maddox's name. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny John Maddox keeps coming up with, with a lot of the things I've been watching recently. He, he was uh, responsible for Tommy Doc's column 
when Tommy was at Manchester United. Right. Earning 15000 a year, Tommy Dock said. Uh, Frank O'Farrell, in a recent documentary I saw, 15000 a year. Can you remember what Manchester United paid you? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Do you want to tell us? Not enough, but plenty. Um, I, think it was, I think I went on. I went on a similar contract to the one I was going to get eventually at West Brom. I think right. it was about... 45, 45 grand a year or something. Uh, yeah. God. Uh, yeah, you know the classic story when I went there. I mean, I, I, at the time, I used to like a nice car. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I started talking, I've been driving the top of the range Merc at West Brom. When I went, <laughs> when I went to Man U, Martin said, I said to Martin, what about, um, what about a car? You know, what's, he said, well, Dave, Dave Sexton's got a Rover. I said, well, I've got to do it. <laughs> But anyway, but that's just a, just a one. But you know what, Andy? That came back nuts of vice because it didn't matter. You remember when we were at the villa and the sponsored cars were the Rovers? The Rovers, yes, I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and apparently Rover had heard about his comments. And Doug, Doug, with the, you know, we need, we need, you've got to be driving a Rover. Yeah. I said, well, I'm, yeah, so he saw it. He saw it out a rather nice one, anyway. <laughs> yeah, they did actually. I mean, he how, did notice that's, that. That's, yeah. How far that's, away, that's Ron, would I'm you there. say that team that you built at Manchester United? How far away were they from winning a title? And and what was that missing ingredient? Well, I mean, two words really cost us the title on three or four occasions. Ian Rush. Um, <laughs> If we'd have had a 30-goal-a-season striker, and plus the fact if we hadn't been unfortunate, and then it's not making excuses, we were unfortunate with injuries to key players at, at big times. Um, I think I think we had two great chances to win it when I fancied us strongly. Um, and, all right, the year, the year I, I talked earlier about when we played Juve and Barcelona, we also... Um, we were we were in with a great chance of the league that year. Robbo got injured on the morning of the Juve game. Uh, the following <coughs> year, when we had the great start, all of a sudden we lost. I think we lost four or five major players for long periods. Strachan, who was a terrific player by the yeah. way, Strachan. Uh, Paul McGrath, who I still have not seen a better centre half in the Premiership. Paul McGrath. <laughs> in fact. <laughs> I think there's one or two stories. No, no, I'm not going there. I'm not. I'm not going there. You destroyed me in that trip. I'm not going there. Paul, Paul McGrath. Oh. Um, it was about four players. Now, in those days, by the way, we operated on 14 men's squads. Mm. You know, and you, you had to bring in kids out of the reserves, which which was the norm. Um, but I think on uh, two occasions, I, I think. Major injuries, and I think uh, the two players that we missed out on that I would have liked to have signed. I fancy we had, we actually had a deal in place after the '85 Cup final for Gary Lineker to come to us, but I had to get I had to sell one of my strikers. Nowadays you don't do that; you just buy and stockpile. But uh, the, in those days, if I went to the chairman and said I want to spend that, it's like when we bought Robbo. I said if we want, I said I want to buy Robbo and told him what I thought the price would be. He said, yeah, but if you're going to do that, you, I want that much money back in by Christmas. And that was, so you had to buy and sell, which, that may, 
you know, the way the climate is at the moment, no, that huh? may have to that may have to come back into management where mm. you're buying and selling, you know. Um, to um, the other one, and I don't know, I don't know if you know this one, Andy. I'll tell Richard here's one for you. When I was at Manu, we had the first two strikers really were Norman and Frank. Mm. Uh, Gary Bertles was a very good player. They all the myth about him not scoring goals, but he'd been he'd been playing squash every other day with Cloppy, so I knew where he wanted to go. Um, so I I wanted another striker in. Wolves had hit their financial problems, and as it happens, my accountant was the auditor for Wolves, and I mentioned it to to him. But I said, "What about Andy Gray? What, what, what would he be? What, what would the price on him be?" Said Ron, if you came in with a bid of a hundred thousand, you get him. So I went. I, because you, you'll know the guy involved, Jim McGregor. Jim McGregor, our physio. I said. He said, "Well, Andy comes up, you know. You with you went to see a fellow fan, Freddie Griffiths. Freddie Griffiths. Yeah. <clears throat> you were all you were in Manchester a lot, seeing this physio or yeah. doctor, whatever. And I said, find out." If Andy, see if he could play me a hundred games in three years, and he came back and Jim McGregor, my physio, said he can't guarantee he'll play ten. <laughs> that was always no seriously. I know. I remember you telling me the, that was always one of the things about when you signed a player. I used to like players that were durable. You know, you and you think, well, can he? Can't he? Now. In hindsight, I wish I'd have ignored that result and brought you in as, <laughs> if you like, a supplement. Cause, well, cause Ron, you can I just say, on my behalf, I'm so glad you took that advice and didn't bother coming to get me. <laughs> All I would say, Ron, is, well, two things I, I need to, a little bit of housekeeping here. Uh, for those of you watching on the Be In Sports Network all over the globe, this is where we're about to park company, but um, we're, we're going to make the exception. We don't often, but I don't want to lose this opportunity, Andy, in extending no. our chat with Ron. So uh, you'll find the other half of this program at some stage on YouTube. But uh, the only thing I would say to Ron about the 30 goals a season striker was... No, no. no. What? You're joking? No. Right. It was, no, I, I, no, Ron didn't want 30 goals from me. He just wanted 30 games. High teams, <laughs> probably. <laughs> 30 minutes. So, Ron, just stay where you are for, us, for just a moment, if you will. Uh, the, the, the demands on time are such that we're leaving you on being sports. In Mina, we've got Matt Critchley's documentary coming up on 30 Years of Hurt. And to follow that, the Kenny Dalgleish movie. We'll be back here tomorrow in great company again. So don't miss Keys and Grey Unplugged in the Grey Lounge on Being Sports tomorrow. In the meantime, stay safe. So, um, if you have retuned from Being Sports and you <laughs> join us on YouTube, it's great to have your company. We are talking with, if you've just joined us, just found the program. And you don't happen to recognise With him. Ron Atkinson. And you should. <laughs> who was just telling us uh, how he once tried or thought about signing Andy Gray. Prior to, you see, you, you, you said, Ron, you wanted 100 games out of him in three years. You went on to play how many? Oh, about that. About yeah. that, yeah. With Everton. Yeah, we yeah. had two great seasons with Everton. Unbelievable. Yeah. And then until it culminated. Funny enough, he, he talks about Lineker, trying to buy Lineker. It's amazing how paths cross. I remember the last time I, I basically saw Ronnie on a football pitch, it might have been, was when he picked me up, or he, he tried to pick me up from the Wembley turf after they had beaten us. Remember, big man, you'd beaten us 1-0, Norman Whiteside's goal denied us a treble. 
that we were going for and he went to pick me up and, and, he, and he picked me up. I think he said something like, come on big man, we deserved it a little bit more than you. And I, I won't say on television what our response was and what our little conversation was about. <laughs> but but <coughs> the big man picked me up and we, we, we walked off. But he didn't get Lineker because, why? Because Howard took him at Everton. Well, no, no, no. Yeah. That's not strictly true. No, I know that yeah. eventually what happened. What happened originally was we'd, we'd arranged a deal with, what was it? John Holmes was his, was his agent, wasn't he? he was from Leicester. And we'd arranged a deal. They want, okay. Leicester wanted 600 grand for him. His right. contract was up. And I, I said to the chairman, he's, he's the one, like, you know, because we didn't, the one thing we lacked a lot was we, that blistering pace up yeah. front. That's the reason why I wanted to bring you in. Anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, you must have been back in that bar in Spain or wherever it was. Oh, dear. <laughs> anyway, um, it, it, was, it was all agreed that as soon as we got rid of one of our front players, um, Lineker was going to take another year at Leicester and then come to us. That was the right. agreed deal. Right. Howard got wind of it, and somehow or other, well, you know, he sold you back to the villa, didn't he? Yeah, and uh, yeah. made the space to bring Lindy Green. Wow. Now, the irony was at, at Everton, I don't think they won anything with Gary in there. No, he didn't. But he, perhaps he didn't fit their style, although he scored a million goals mm, for them in yeah, one season. And they made a big profit selling him to Barca. But he would have been perfect for us, playing either alongside Stapleton or, or Mark Hughes. You Could know, he have won you the title, Ron? Could he have taken yes. you to that title? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I Once somebody said, well, you know, 30 goals a season, I said, if we had a 30-goal a season, man, we'd, we'd, have, we'd, yeah, we'd have won it, certainly, with him in the, in the team. And the other one, of course, was Big Terry Butcher, who I'd agreed to deal with. I'd agreed, even, even the night before he went to Rangers. Butcher was ringing me up to see what was up, and uh, there's a long story there, but... Uh, Shorten that it was tell us. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, the uh, the writing was on the wall when all of a sudden that wasn't allowed, the deal wasn't allowed to go through. Yeah. Ah, okay. <laughs> uh, right, now let's talk a little bit post-Manchester United, because your career took you on... Well, you, you won trophies wherever you went, but yeah. to Sheffield Wednesday, very satisfying League Cup win against Manchester United, I would have thought. But I've, I've, despite that spell at Old Trafford, Ron, I've, I've always felt you were most comfortable at Villa. Would that be the case? It could have been because, um, you know, I, I, as a kid, I'd been, I, I, I grew up watching Villa a lot. And if people say to you, what was your, what was your team you supported? I mean... I would go and watch anybody play, so like, but Villa was probably, you know, the, the greatest affinity to Villa. Um, I played there as a kid, left there, but I always had this feeling at some given time that uh, they were they were the club I'd go and manage. And, mm. and it, hey, by the way, you're talking to a fellow that's the big, well, for me, the, the best, I just said earlier, the best centre forward they've had since Pongo. And... Uh, you don't know Pongo is. <laughs> I do. I do. Oh, I do. Oh, I do. <laughs> and it's such a it's such a big club and it's a great club and mm. uh, I I enjoyed it there. I thought it was great and uh, the fans were terrific and we were getting to get, we were getting a very useful team together. Yeah. Um, you know, okay, we, we we ran United in the first year. United were a better team than us. 
mm-hmm. the year they won the Premier. But I thought we, we gave them a, we gave them quite a good run for the money. Um, we did more than that, though. Yeah, we following year we win it, and then then we go and we go and play. We beat. I think it was about a month after beating Inter Milan that all of a sudden I got the phone book to say I was no longer required. Go on then, why? I don't know. We hadn't had the best of starts yeah. that season, uh, but we were playing all right. Sometimes you look at things, and I knew it would come right. I knew it would come right. The team were playing all right. They got, as you know, they got some good characters in the side, yeah. and I thought we just we'll we'll turn the corner, but you know we'll 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 get back in get back in, and we're in we're still in the last sixteen of the uh, the league cup, the FA Cup to come, and and uh, you know I thought well, and Doug wanted me to buy somebody. He said buy somebody. I said well the amount of money you've got available, we can't buy anybody better than what we've got. I said, save your money until the end of the season and we'll buy two biggies. And I mean biggies. And the one I'd earmarked was Les Ferdinand. We'll buy them and that'll bring the quality of the rest of the squad back up again. Um, but, he, you know, I don't know what he panicked. They do tell me what the day he got rid of me is the only time with the press outside he left by the back door. So, um, and, you know, yeah, that... In, to, in terms of regrets, that is probably the biggest regret I've had in football, leaving the Villa, because I, I knew we, we were on the right track and we'd have, I don't think we'd have got relegated a few years later. I think Villa would still be a major force in in in, in football. I mean, I wouldn't be there now, obviously, because I've lost about five yards of slowness, but um, it would have... Um, it would have been perfect that to have stayed there for a few more years. I think we'd, I think we'd have, uh, we'd have gone on to good things. Can you believe, Ron? It's thirty years since Liverpool last won a title. I can't. You know, I can't. I mean, they've gone very close on a number of occasions. Um, I can remember going there with Coventry when. I mean, can you believe? I went there twice with Coventry. Well, you would, yeah. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I do. Funnily enough, I went there. I went there twice with Coventry and beat them. We beat them at Anfield twice, and you think, well, <laughs> how did that happen? And and they were top of the league one day, and I, I still believe if they'd have beaten us, they'd have gone on to win the league in. I think it was yeah. ninety-seven. I think. Yeah, they'd just beaten Newcastle, and we went and spoilt it. Yeah, I remember well. Yeah. James dropped a couple of crosses, and Dion, I think Dion nicked one. The year before, I think Peter and Love had nicked the hat. Yeah. But it's 30 years, Ron. A, a, a club of Liverpool size. Mm. How can that be? Well, you say that. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And don't forget, in that period of time, they have one European Cup tour. Yeah. Well, that's, that's true. Yeah, and they've won other trophies, so they haven't been, the, the cupboard hasn't been absolutely bare far from it um, but you say that how long have you been since Tottenham Tottenham's a big club Tottenham yeah. have won the league since 61 no. when, you, you, when they did the Dublin 61 they they won't believe how long it, before they before they were even remotely mm-hmm. likely to win one again so you, but, you did mention earlier you said we might be moving into an era whereby you've got to, to sell to buy yeah. do you yeah. think the, do you think the bubble has burst wrong is football facing a reality that it had forgotten about? Yeah, I don't think it's burst. 
but I think it's the, there might be a little bit more measured thinking behind things now where, you know, you, I mean, I find it amazing when somebody says, don't buy a reserve player for 30 million. You can buy a small town for that. Yes. <laughs> I, find it, I find it staggering where, and i tell you what I do think, Andy. I think if people that are in positions now that are buying, uh, buying players, uh -huh. I know what I term out-and-out football people. I, yeah, no, uh, I don't. I think football people would talk to football people and get a better valuation of it. I think, mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it may need somebody. Whether whether it's going to be Manchester United, they they've gone in, they're going to have a what we understand a different way of buying. Yeah. You know, it's still costing them a lot of money to buy. Yes. you know, good players like I think the signing is Solskjaer's made have been good. Like Juan Bissaka, I think is a good player. I think Harry uh, Maguire, yeah, good player. Not worth the money, mm. much too much money for them, but that's the market. And I think the kid Fernandez has made all the Ron, just you talked about. Sorry, terrific. You talked about Liverpool. We have talked about Liverpool not winning it for 30 years. United are now 20. How far are United? A decade, nearly. A decade. How, far, how long could United go without winning it again? Or how close are they? I think I think I think they need a I think they need a top striker. I think if they got a top striker, um, they'd be they would be the main challengers to Man City and Liverpool next season. Okay. Do you just one then? But they, pardon? Just one, 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 one player. Well, I think they've got good, decent players in other positions, and they, and what he what he seems to have got is a decent attitude now amongst the players. You know, but I think they are short of, like I said, there are third, you know, a Van Nistelrooy, a Van Persie, that type of player that guarantees the number of goals at the end of the year. Uh, somebody that could combine and play with Rashford, um, that would be quite, uh, you know, you've got Martial to come in and supplement that. But I do think they need, whoever it is, whoever they're going to, I mean, all the talk about Harry Kane, I don't, I'm very surprised. If they went, if they got here, but somebody of that ilk that will guarantee before the season starts, if he plays his game, he's going to be twenty-five points. Well, listen, big man. I, I I think I speak on behalf of both of us. In fact, I'd like to think a whole lot more people with yeah. you. It's been great to spend time in your company today. Thank Fabulous. You. I've only got one remaining question, which I hope you can answer in the affirmative. <laughs> are, are you still singing? Singing. Yes. yes. I'm. Only the problem I've got now is because everywhere is closed. Uh, I'm only doing, I'm just doing stadiums and uh, <laughs> that fraud Sinatra got away for years singing your song, didn't he? But but in all fairness, you know why that is, Richard. And I know you're getting that because that's life. Hey Ron, honestly, I, I refer back to my previous comment just a moment or so back. Great to see you. Lovely to see you still laughing. And uh, I hope that we can catch up again sometime very soon. But uh, in the meantime, honestly, it's been an absolute treat. Thank, Thank you. Thanks, big man. It's been brilliant. Send Maggie our love, please. Hasta la próxima. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, big man. man.